everyone from Paris and all the other cities in the world. This is Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Affable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Innes, and with me here, we have the smoochable Holden DePardo. Say hi, Holden. Oh, hi, everyone. Apparently, I am smoochable. <laughs> you are so smoochable, but don't do it. Consent is important. Hey everyone, we are the jockiest jocks in video games, talking about all sorts of fun stuff. <laughs> uh, we are here tonight with uh, a whole slew of folks, not just us, but we're also with our fans all across the world who are the dreamiest fan base, all of our lifelong friends out there. We have a few joining us right now in the chat on twitch.tv slash idiots right now on Sunday night around 8.30ish p.m. Eastern Time. Big hype, says Porkchop118YT. Yeah, big hype. You can also catch us on YouTube and podcast services on demand on Tuesday mornings as well. If you say, you know what, I hate listening to you live and influencing your show via the chat. You know what, that's okay. We hate when you <laughs> chat with us. Just kidding, we love it. Uh, I want to mention a couple of things up front before we dive into everything. One, we've played Resident Evil Village. Two, we beat Resident Evil Village. Three, we have opinions about it. Four, so do our friends. We're going to have a spoiler chat, slash review, slash extravaganza, slash celebration, slash quinceanera for Resident Evil Village sometime this week, maybe Tuesday. Keep a lookout for that on our uh, YouTube channel. We also have, this is exciting, drum roll please. They're very tiny drums from a fairy city across the world. Um, we have a Mass Effect spin-off series podcast discussion yeah. review thing with a bunch of our lifelong friends that you're familiar with we've got brent we've got jerica we've got matt we've got dallas we've got holden we won't have me unfortunately because i'm in the middle of a, a big life change and we got andrew hullabaloo and we've got andrew hullabaloo who you saw last week everybody it's gonna be so great it's gonna be so great i can't wait to watch it with everyone else on twitch.tv slash and youtube services and podcast services uh, so we're there the whole idea is that similar to our Ring Fit Adventure thing, we're periodically going to be, every two weeks-ish, we're going to be checking in on where everyone is in the game, their opinions, as they go through the entire trilogy together over several months. It's going to be dope. It's going to be fun. Very excited. V-Excite Bike 64. Last bit of housekeeping, everyone. If you are a patron over at patreon.com slash respawnaimfire, you know you get a bunch of perks. You get dope wallpapers, like the Mass Effect one that's out right now. You get the ability to influence what we play via barf, backlog accomplishment with Respawn and friends, and then you also get to join us on game nights. But here's the cool thing. We've been going for two years now. Cost just a buck to be a patron. We've been going for two years. We are ready to check in and see, hey, is what we're doing the right thing? Are the rewards worthwhile? Do you feel like you are uh, a part of an engaged community? And so what we're doing is we will have a Patreon survey over on patreon.com slash respawn aimfire that we'll be putting out immediately after this recording. Uh, so I'd love if you could go over there, take 45 seconds, give us your thoughts, um, T-H-O-T-S. We love all those hoes over there, and we want them to be over here. We want to turn those thoughts into thoughts. <laughs> I'm so brilliant. Those hoes are over here. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for laughing at home. That's it. That's our housekeeping. Upcoming, we're going to be talking about PSVR 2 rumors. Yes, we know it exists already, but there's some new shit. We're going to have a discussion about Donkey Kong being made by Mario Odyssey developers and a lot more. But first, what we're here to talk about is PlayStation 5. I know. It was just revealed 
We don't have a release date. We have no idea. Just kidding. <laughs> the PlayStation 5 is about six months old now uh, since its November launch. And there was an article on Wired written by Peter Rubin called The PlayStation 5 is starting to look like the revolution it promised. We're going to detail a little bit about what the article said and then just talk about do we feel like it, it's uh, lived up to the hype? Living up to the hype? Will live up to the hype? None of the above? So that's the, our, our main quest discussion for today. Let's start by recapping the article a little bit. So first is that... Um, Obviously, there's a console shortage. People are trying to get their hands on it. It is still nearly impossible to get for people who really, really want one. Sony's working hard to get consoles into customers' hands, but there's little they can do with you know the chip shortage that's affecting basically everything in the world right now. With that, the most recent numbers we know of in March were, uh, or maybe it was April, 7.8 million consoles sold, which just slightly edged out PlayStation 4. So it's still selling really, really well if they can make them. Really curious what that would have been had there not been the shortage, like how much better it would have sold, because the demand is absolutely there. So I'm very curious how that would have been different. Yeah. How, ma- how many more could they have churned out had there not been a yeah. chip shortage? And then would they have sold through? Obviously, they would have sold through. Uh, oh, Brent yeah, is watching on his PS5 right now. That's so meta. Brent, Whoa. if you hit up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, be a start, and then you whisper into the microphone on your controller, a genie comes out and gives you a soda. Mark Cerny is extremely... It's a Pepsi Blue. <laughs> it's a Pepsi Blue. That's the new one. Um, Mark Cerny is extremely excited to see how many of the new PS5 features, like haptics, adaptive triggers... Uh, 3D audio are being taken advantage of. So one of the things that was really interesting that he mentioned in the article is ray tracing. And while it's been popular on PC for a couple of years now, he really didn't expect people to start taking advantage of it until like a few years into the life cycle. But we're already seeing quite a few titles in the first six months that have ray tracing support built in or were patched in retroactively as well. Uh, he's also meeting with a bunch of different developers to get their la- their ideas on the, the launch of PS5. He's specifically looking for people with, quote, strong opinions, which, just go to Twitter. You'll find a lot of those. Uh, and then it, from the sounds of it, developers it didn't seem to be able to take full advantage of the SSD right at launch because of the cross-gen nature of a lot of those launch titles. Uh, but they're very excited about how it's going to impact their next games. We also know that uh, Sony has said that there are t- currently 25 games in development for PS5, and almost half of them are brand new IP, which to me is really, really freaking exciting. Um, One note on that that I'm yeah. very curious about is how many of those are like PS5 games versus a PSVR 2? And the reason I, I bring that up is I, I was kind of curious, how does this compare to where PlayStation 4 was at a similar time frame? Like, how many total exclusive PS4 games were there? And if you go to Sony's site, they include, like, PSN small, like, you know, downloadable games. They include PSVR games. They include, like, the, you know, uh, the remasters for Uncharted. Like, they kind of are a little bit ca- casting a wider net than you might imagine when you're thinking of, like, the Bloodborns, the Last of Us Part 2s. But you might not immediately think Last of Us remastered, but Sony does so i'm curious like right. to what degree is is that 25 games like just like new ps5 games or is there like that last of us uh, i guess that would be a remake that's a different story but like if there's a remaster of a game like another you know something like you know they're bringing in an infamous collection or something like that like is that included in this so but either way it means there's a lot to look forward to and that's cool 
or are they reviving PS minis? Or are they making PS1 classics available on <laughs> PS5 and there's certainly only 25 of them that work somehow? <laughs> Final Fantasy VII is coming sooner than you think, but it's the PS1 classic version of it. Just don't get too excited. <laughs> uh, the last little bit of uh, information from the Wired article that you thought was relevant to bring up uh, is that compared to PS4 in the same launch window... Um, PS5 has a higher usage rate, which means people are actually on their PlayStation 5s and gaming, watching things a lot more on their PS5s than they were on their PS4s at the same time. Holden, it's a little bit of a fact yes. check from, from Mark Cerny, a little bit of a, a little ideas going on around the launch. Um, what's your experience with PS5? They're, they're, when they promise that it's going to be a revolution, more of an evolution, like, do you see that in it so far? I mean, when I play a game that is specifically designed for PS5, I do feel that way. I do feel like the specifically the DualSense, um, it, it just offers a different tactile feel to games that has never existed before. And it does add to the immersion. I am glad I got to experience Sackboy on PS5 and can feel all the little like bubbles popping in my hand and stuff like that's really cool. And it does add to the immersion of the experience in a way that I find really intriguing. Everyone knows, though, that I have a particular affinity for uh, fucking HD Rumble, Rumble and and all the rumble stuff. Um, so it, it speaks to me, I think, in that way as well. But I do I do like that. I do feel like, you know what? I'm glad I got to experience Sackboy on a PS5 versus a PS4. Um, when I look at even something like Demon's Souls, which is probably, it doesn't use as many of the features of the PS5 uh, on, on face value, although obviously there's some good SSD stuff, a lot of horsepower kind of benefits from there. But like, looking at games like that, you're like, wow, this is a, you know, it is a big step up for me. Um, and then Returnal, obviously, is kind of a culmination of a lot of these PS5 features, and it, it does feel like a step up. Even if I still play a PS4 game, I think the PS4 games look good, I feel like PS5 games feel better, even if it's just the frame rate advancements going to 60 frames per second. I, I do feel like it has made a, a significant difference. Whether that is worth four or $500 to someone else is a different story, um, obviously we're kind of in that more early adopter like customer. So if you're like $500 seems like too much for someone, I'd say, no, it's not worth it. It's not like game changing enough that you have to run out right now and, and buy one if you can get one, assuming you can get one. Um, but if you like want to wait for the cost to go down, like it'll obviously be a better value later on. But I do think that they're offering more now than you have had in, on past console launches to a significant degree. There was this um, same kind of topic was brought up by Pixel Street Podcast last week, and they asked on Twitter, you know, like we've been out for six months. How do you think? What's your kind of ideas about the consoles? And mine, similar to yours, was all about the DualSense. Was really it's a it's an absolute mm -hmm. game changer. Um, if you haven't had a chance to at least experience one in your hands while you play a game made for it, like Sackboy or Returnal or Astrobot or even Resident Evil Village. Um, it, yeah. it is an absolute game changer. And I think that's, if you took that out of the equation, the haptics and the adaptive triggers, and you took that out of the equation and you just said console itself with a DualShock 4 in your hand, is it revolutionary? I'd be a lot less likely to say yes. And I, I think the, the SSD will be, I think as we kind of foreshadowed here, like a lot of developers aren't able to do that right now, but they're excited about doing it later. 
there are a very, very small number of games that really do take advantage of it, like Returnal. And I feel like Returnal's the first game like that is a PlayStation 5 game um, yeah. that really highlights all of that. And even games like Destiny that have PS5 native enhancements and things like that, I, I, I've already gotten used to the load times and I'm already snobby about it and be like, this is too long. Eight seconds is too long when I used to be waiting a minute and a half. Um, so yeah, if, if you took the DualSense out of it, I'd say... Meh, kinda. I guess it's as much as anything else. But it's really the DualSense controller that I think is absolutely the revolutionary part of this console that I am most excited about anytime that I think about my PlayStation 5. Yeah, and it definitely, like, the... without You're right. Without the DualSense, it's really just quality of life enhancements. Your games will load faster. And, and it's nice. PS5 definitely feels slicker and smoother than a... Uh, late stage PS4 did. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember when PS4 launched, they're like, oh, it's so fast and snappy. And like, no one says that at the end of the uh, life cycle. But yeah, I think you're 100% right. It's a lot of quality of life enhancements. And it also does enhance the, in terms of the controller, a lot of the older games are enhanced in, in good ways, like playing um, control and feeling like the, um, the adaptive triggers and all that. Like, it's cool to go back and play games and, and get that different experience with it. I mean, even the ray tracing and control is fantastic. Um, See, I think there are I think there are still enough reasons now to get into this. Whereas, like you know, looking at the usage numbers between PS4 and PS5 and how it's improved now, obviously, you know, some some pandemic uh, is related uh, is a, is a factor there, of course. But I also think a factor is that there is more to do. You have, first of all, backwards compatibility to the last generation where you can play games. Um, but there is a reason to go back and play those games, and it's kind of exciting to to test it out and see what you can do. Before we leave discussion about the DualSense, because again, this is really just a, a whole conversation about the DualSense controller for me. Um, <laughs> I feel like it adds so much to the experience in an immerse, like an immersive way. And it sounds so corny to say this because we've said we've said it about everything. HD really makes it immersive. 3D is going to make it super immersive. Uh, lighting that changes <laughs> around is going to make. It, and, but this is like when I'm playing Resident Evil with it. And I shoot my shotgun, and I feel the trigger pull, and it's and it's that resistive trigger. And then I pull it again, and it's nothing. And I'm just fanning an empty trigger, and I'm panicking because I I'm sitting there. There's a fucking lichen in my face, and I'm like, oh, it's fanning it, it's fanning. It. And then I finally feel the resistance. It's just that relief. It's just like, oh, thank God, that trigger was hard to pull again. And like <laughs> it's that anxiety. It builds that because you can feel when you're out of ammo or when your gun's not ready to fire again, and you get that tactile mm -hmm. response. And I'm trying to remember what it's like. Like, what was it like to shoot slow guns on a trigger that didn't feel like that? It's like, I honestly can't remember anymore because that was so profound and, and defining for me in Resident Evil Village that it was like, I don't know what anything else was before this. <laughs> yeah, when I play Switch now, it's like, yeah, this HD rumble is nice, but like, I don't, I, these triggers are lame. Yeah. <laughs> they feel soulless yep. in comparison. And, and it goes as far as they too, like, Xbox needs to adopt these features. They, yeah. they do. I think this makes a big enough difference that I would like to see this be something that everyone can experience and becomes a, a something you know de facto in the industry. What do you want to see yeah. change, Holden? We've got several years left in this life cycle. What do you want to see change over the course of it? I'm not going to buy a new PlayStation if one comes out, but God, I hope they change the design. I still think it's the ugliest box. Oh. It's so oh, I can't no, stand look it. Look at this. Uh, I really don't like thing. it at all. Oh, that's so sexy. I love it. I that's love like it. <laughs> that is like nitpicky, but I don't really actually have a lot of complaints. I can't really think of anything that that bothers me about it. The only thing is that I just I just can't wait to see what games come out for it, and I kind of have this 
not anxiety, but this kind of like um, excitement and just or I'm being impatient. I just want to play these, you know, like Ratchet and Clank uh, Rift yeah. Apart. And I just want to see these like full on PlayStation 5 games. I, I get why the cross gen games are there. I totally get it. Makes sense from a business standpoint. Um, but just from my selfish perspective, I have a PS5. I want PS5 games. I don't want God of War to be a PS4, PS5 game where it's has to where it can't take advantage of the SSD. I want to see what you know Naughty Dog and Santa Monica can do with the full horsepower and full capabilities of a PS5. I like. I just want to see that. It's not like it's not like a complaint. Like do better. Obviously, that stuff is coming. <laughs> Um, yeah. But it's, that's, that's what I'm most looking forward to, I'd say, which kind of answers the questions or one of the other questions we have coming up. But I don't really have any complaints. I, don't really, I just want more. I'm, I'm ready for that storage unlock. We got that, that slot in there ready to go, just waiting for somebody to put some memory in it, uh, some mm-hmm. storage in it. So that's that's really my biggest complaint right now. Like my thing that I can't wait for it to happen is just like, give me that extra storage space because I am at that point where I'm downloading and deleting and managing storage and moving things to a hard drive and moving them back and this is, I'm ready I'm ready for more storage I'm so used to that anyway because that's how I did my PS4 and my PS4 I had less space so I feel like oh I got all this breathing now <laughs> because that time yeah, you did I it before is not a good excuse <laughs> yeah I just have never had a problem with like deleting and getting rid of things I've been doing it on my systems for a while now so I just don't like think about it and I generally don't play a whole lot at the same time anyway except for these past two weeks um, Remember that time when we'll you had Sekiro and Red Dead on your PlayStation at the same time and you literally just couldn't play anything else with us? <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry, I can't play Redemption. Sorry, can't play anything else. Yeah, that was frustrating. That was only Red Dead Redemption, though. Sekiro is only like 16 gigs or something like that. It's not that big. Yeah. yeah. From Software is pretty good. Don't tell me to delete yeah, my exactly. games. Who I do just delete my games. Are? No. No. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I will when uh, next year when I'm finished with school and I get a uh, a good job in in the you know in the coding sphere. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll put money down on a big uh, <laughs> a big SSD from a PS5. I like remember, right now, I just don't think it's worth the money for me. Not but I get it for everyone else. Like I totally understand yeah. the, the complaint. Yeah. When you mention the coding sphere, I imagine. This big galactic senate from Star Wars where they're all in this big sphere and you're all in your little <laughs> balconies up there all just typing away, solving little puzzles and shit. Um, uh, excited to see change over the life of the cycle. I, I think that's one of those questions is like we, there's, we can't tell. We have no idea what's mm-hmm. going to happen five years from now. Um, yeah. I assume we're going to see more things starting to run at 4K60 as developers learn the architecture and learn how to... Um, how to use it more efficiently and all that fun stuff. But then I also think on the other, on the other hand, they're going to be able to do such amazing things with ray tracing and um, have much more uh, rich environments. Who knows? Unreal Engine 5 might help out with this, but like how they're going to make things so much better that it won't be able to run at 60 frames a second, that we're going to be back to 30, but it's going to look fucking incredible. I can totally see Naughty Dog saying, hey, look, our game looks fucking gorgeous, but why not? It's 1440p, 30 frames per second, and we had to do that to get this game to look like but it does. It but we'll all look exactly at these. exactly like real life. Yeah, exactly. And we'll all be okay with it, and only, you know, complete snobs will be like, no, but the numbers matter. And it's like, oh, I mean, no, it doesn't. And they're going to say, the numbers matter, and then they're going to play on a 24-inch 1440p monitor anyway, so it doesn't freaking matter. <laughs> yeah. That is one thing, though, I'll say is, is not a problem right now, but I think this will start to become something that gets um, 
would be more important conversation. I mean, kind of. Um, is that right now Xbox Series X can do 120 frames per second 4K with like Mass Effect Legendary Edition. But right now I don't care about that because not many people have a TV that is capable of 4K 120 frames per second. But in five years, that when that becomes more prominent, um, it might be a different story. And I'm kind of curious how that plays out. Will there just be a PS5 Pro at that point where that's the system you get for 4K 120 on higher end games, but the regular PS5 or PS5 Slim or something like that does 4K 30 and 4K 60 just fine. I don't think it's a problem, but I can see that becoming a a conversation later on. And just so the haters in the chat don't totally blow up on you, yes, you know that the PS5 can do 120 frames per second. It's just not something that's easily achievable right now by a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm busy citing. Yeah, I'm citing Mass Effect Legendary Edition kind of specifically there, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if if we see some of that stuff more in the future because the it, the Series X does have a more powerful processor. I don't personally care. I mean, I'm a Nintendo fan. <laughs> like right. horsepower has never been like a big concern for me, but I just know that's going to be a conversation going forward because that's how the internet be. That's how it be. Holden. What grade would you give the PS5 six months? And we're doing a progress report. So progress reports, you know, they're not report cards. They're like checking in, make sure your parents sign this, and then bring it back to me. Satisfied? Exceeding expectations? I'm very satisfied. Very satisfied. It's not even meeting expectations. I... I wouldn't say I was trepidatious about the dual sense, but I was kind of like, I need to see it to believe it. Yeah. And... When it came to things like 60 frames per second, I'm like, oh, I'm curious to see that. But I didn't expect it to become a frame rate snob and be like, oof, man, I can tell this is 30 frames per second. And I, I, I see it. It bothers me. And it's really snobby and dumb of me that it bothers me. <laughs> but that's just what a PS5 does to you. Um, so I have to say it, it, it's very satisfactory. It's not just meet expectations. Dope, dope. I would go with an exceeds expectations. But had you asked me three weeks ago before I got hands-on Returnal in Resident Evil Village and I didn't feel all that haptic feel like that's really what sold me on the whole thing is being like all right we're in the future now I would have probably said yeah it's doing pretty good it's got a cool controller it's probably the best part of it but now I'm just like no this fucking thing is revolutionary yeah dope let's move on to playtime we've mentioned Resident Evil Village a lot already um in our conversation I would just like to we're gonna have a full proper spoiler chat um but I want us to give just like high level impressions before we go deep into all the spoily goodies. Um, so I will mention that yes, I finished it. it. Took me about nine and a half hours. Had a good old time with it. Like every other Resident Evil so far, I wanted it to end three hours before it ended. Um, so if you are a fan <laughs> of Resident Evil and its pacing and its weird shit that it does at the end, you're gonna still be a fan of this as well. Um, and I think it's a worthy successor to Resident Evil Seven. I think it's one of maybe the four best Resident Evil games. I don't know where it falls in that four, but it's a really good game. What do you think right off the bat, Holden? Because you obviously have played it multiple playthroughs now. You finished multiple playthroughs or you're working on yeah, multiple? I've, I've done multiple playthroughs and I've done three now. Jesus, yeah, three. American Ferrera Christ. <laughs> I really, really, really like this one. I think it's my favorite Resident Evil game. Um, and mainly just because of how diverse the experiences across the game are, without getting into like which each one is, right. is definitely 
like Resident Evil 2 is very much a survival horror game through and through. Same with like Resident Evil 7, whereas Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil 4, or the remake at least of Resident Evil 3, are kind of more action-oriented throughout. And this does like some of that survival horror stuff. Some just, I literally said it probably last week, like it becomes Call of Duty at the end of the game. It just becomes absolute insanity. But it works for me, and it makes that really engaging. And so far, every time I've played it, I've played it in, like, a single sitting. <laughs> the first day, I just dedicated the entire day to playing it straight through. And then the night – actually, it was two sittings for the second time I played it. And then I did, like, a three-and-a-half-hour run with Infinite Ammo I Magnum just going crazy. And I actually started to kind of appreciate Resident Evil from a different perspective, which is that there's the first time you play it, which is it's is a horror game. I got to be careful and all that. And then when you know it, it's, like, running all over the place. And how fast can I do this? And, and I realized how well-designed the game is for both mentalities. And that's really impressive to me. And I don't know if that's – not true or true of past games in the series, but it's something that I recognize this time around and kind of added a meta level of enjoyment to the series that I haven't had before. Um, so I really, really liked it. I really love the setting of the village. I think it's a really, really great setting. Um, I love Ethan Winters doesn't bother me. Just I just don't think about it. Like, yeah, doesn't bother me at all. Um, but I, I I get the criticisms. His voice acting is not the best, but like it doesn't. It's never phased me. I didn't even think about it until people were like chiming in and being like, "Oh man, he sounds I so boring." Didn't have a problem with any of it except for the opening scene in their house. Like that was the only one I was like, yeah. "Oh my god!" And then the rest of it, I was like, "Okay, yeah, I don't care." Yeah, um, he's supposed to be. Uh, he's just supposed to be a bland protagonist that you can experience it, and he doesn't get in the way. Like that's really what what he is. I feel. Um, but yes, I really, really like this game a lot. I think it's super fun. I think every part of the game I enjoyed a lot for different reasons. And I would go as far as to say as um, the dollhouse and the foundry or the, fa- the factory are probably two of my like favorite like levels in a Resident Evil game. That the factory is really cool. It's got that horror, I don't want to keep going because I'm scared, but combined with it's fast-paced and it's not like a traditional survival horror, but it it just feels like a faster-paced version of it. And just the setting fits well with it. I don't know. I really liked that part. I thought it was really good. But we'll go more into spoiler details in our in our spoiler chat coming up. Most deaf. Uh, I just want to get real quick out of the way. Not Resident Evil. We're done with Resident Evil Village for now. I just want to get out of the way Overwatch for game night, and then I'll let you talk about all of the great things you played. Um, Overwatch. We played Overwatch for game night. We finally gave in. So many people were asking us to play Overwatch over many, many, many moons, and then none of them turned out. <laughs> Brent, John, De- nobody turned out to play Overwatch. Uh, just kidding. It, there were, uh, um, uh, oh my God, I'm just blank. Darby. Darby turned out. He was really, really excited. He even re-downloaded it on his PS4 because he usually plays on PC. So Darby was there. Matt joined us a little bit later. Um, and then since it was a small group of us, we teamed up with another pair of people. And I had a really, really good time with it. Just like I did the last time I played the free weekend. I was like, I had a really good time. This was really fun. I didn't really understand what was going on the whole time, but I had fun shooting shit and using powers. Um, <laughs> and I think the exact same thing is going to happen again, where I will never play this by myself. And I will wait until you're dead on a game night again. And, and we have the option to play I died. it. Um, so yeah, I, I want to really throw myself under the bus there. 
Like we haven't played it because I don't have it, and I also refuse to buy it because I want to yeah. get Overwatch two. But I'm like, I'm not going to buy Overwatch one when I know I'm getting two, like probably next year. Like I have too many things to play right now. So just everyone's clear. Like I am the reason Holden Depardo right here. <laughs> I am the reason we haven't done it for game nights. But it was a really good time. I'm excited to do it again sometime when everyone who's been asking us to play it comes and plays it. <laughs> All right, over to you. Uh, yeah, I played a lot this week. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of those, but that's our barf game, so we will talk about that later um, when the end of at the end of this month, actually. Um, is this this month? Yeah. No, next month. End next month? June. Okay. Please, dear right, God, yeah, yeah. don't tell me it's the end of this month. <laughs> I still haven't even bought it. Um, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I also played that. Um, again, we'll talk. I'll talk more about that when we do our Mass Effect show. But what I'll say for now is I'm really liking it. Talk about benefits of PS5 SSD. Uh, elevators, not a problem anymore in Mass nice. Effect for me. I'm in them for like three seconds. I hit the skip button and I'm out of the elevator. It is awesome. Technically, and this is it's a PS4 game running on PS5, right? They don't have a PS5 yeah. version of this. Okay, cool. But right. the load times yeah. are still excellent. Awesome. Excellent, yeah. I mean, they're not that instantaneous that you would see in Returnal or in um, uh, in Demon's Souls, but it's definitely, I, I can only assume, way better Excuse me, than it was on PS4. Um, I'd be surprised if PS4 was this fast. But um, in terms of, like, it, it feels like Mass Effect, I feel back at home again. Mass Effect is sort of like one of those prominent childhood games for me it was the first m-rated game that i ever played so it kind of has that like ooh, i get to play like an adult game now my cousin got it for me for christmas and i'm like i don't think my mom knows that this is a rated m game (laughs) um so that was always like a kind of a special game for me but also just it's a great story and all that i'm excited to get back into it i'm having a lot of fun with it going through um the only thing i'll say is the facial animations just still look really bad um but i guess i'm not i shouldn't have been surprised by that but the environments themselves like do look better. They're still a little bland because are are empty and sparse compared to what we would have in more recent titles. But again, this is just like what you should expect from a remaster. So it's it's right. hard to say it's a complaint. I'm having a great time with it. I really like it so far. Um, it's good stuff. The facial um, animations thing is yeah. It's really the only criticism I've seen across a, a bunch of things on Twitter. It, it's not like. Andromeda level like buggy bad is it it's just no, like this is no. what it looked like on PS3 and we did not update it yeah it just okay. looks like it's PS3 level facial animations and the rating is so good in that game and the world is so compelling it doesn't bother me but also a benefit is that like characters like Garrus or Rex like the more alien creatures yeah. don't have that problem and they never have as far as I'm concerned I thought the facial animation of those characters was always really good but they're also aliens so what does an alien face look like when it's talking? I don't know. This is what it looks like because Mass Effect is my only reference point. I've not met an alien before to know, but I've met many people and human beings don't have their faces move like they do in Mass Effect. Uh, Are you anyway, playing we'll as talk- uh, Femship or uh, Patriarchy Shep? Patriarchy Shep. I tried okay. to get him to look as much like my original Shepard as I possibly could, but I'm flipping it. I did Paragon Back then, I'm doing Renegade this time. So I'm just being a complete Ooh. dick the entire time. It's a lot of fun. I want to see the differences and what happens. I want to experience something different. So, like, I saved Ashley before. I think I'm going to save Caden this time. I'm, Spoilers. Yeah. I don't know when it was the context. I did spoil something. I'm horrible at that. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad at that. Um, 
So yeah, anyway, I said I was going to talk about Mass Effect Legendary a lot, but I ended up talking about it a lot. Um, I also played two other games this week. I beat Plague Tale Innocence. Yeah! And last week I talked about how much I was loving the experience, and I will say that the final level I am kind of mixed on. Yeah. Two things. I, I feel like I'm going to go into spoilers on this, so if you don't want to hear it, just tune out for a little bit. But it's been out long enough. I think it's fine. The game is set in a historical period, uh, 1348 during the bubonic plague. And when it, it feels true to the times and like in a lot of ways, minus like the big rats popping out of the ground all the time. Like, obviously that's not realistic or like the rats spiraling into a sphere and coming at you. Like everything's really like, grounded like, until like, you see a rat cyclone. <laughs> yeah. And I like, you know, like, well, it doesn't really bother me that much. But then they took it a step farther and it's like, oh, the kid's illness is that he can communicate with rats and tell them what to do and control them. And at first I'm like, oof, oof, that is, that is a stretch for me. I don't know about that. But it is an interesting game mechanic. Yeah. And the way that they kind of transition from you are learning all of these kind of stealth abilities to get away from people and to get away from rats. And now you flip it to you're using all these abilities to get rats to go to other people. And that is a really cool change that happens in the last half of the game. But the reason I'm conflicted about it is through that first half being about stealth and kind of sneaking around, you're not really incentivized to attack a lot. But then all of a sudden, you are incentivized to attack a lot. And the game's not necessarily designed for that. And a really big example of this is health. There's no health bar, which makes sense from a stealth perspective. You get caught, that's it. You're done. But when you don't have time to throw a rock at someone's head and they get too close and it ushers in a cutscene where you die and you have to redo that whole segment all over again, over and over and over again, because you got to get the timing exactly right, it can get a little frustrating and it did hurt that last level for me. And then there's also like a final boss, which <clears throat> story-wise it makes sense and... But it, it kind of felt like, okay, this whole game has been about one thing, and now it's this big action set piece in comparison to like the rest of the game. It felt a little weird. I liked the last level for that kind of switch in the game mechanic and how they played with that. That was really clever, but it didn't quite stick the landing for me in the end. Overall, I still think the game is well worth playing. Like Absolutely. It's definitely worth playing, um, but I got a little wary at the end. But that's that's just me. Um. And then I played Gravity Rush Remastered because I'm just trying to go through my backlog. Um, I want to beat Gravity Rush 2. That's my backlog. I've beaten Gravity Rush on Vita before, and it's one of my favorite Vita games. I love Gravity Rush. So, But I'm like, oh, I'm going to go through the first game again so I can remember what it was about so I'm not going into Gravity Rush 2 confused. Damn, that game is so good. I forgot how good that game is. It's People who don't know the kind of your character's power is you can control where gravity is by essentially determining where the floor is and then you'll just fly as if you're you're falling but you'll f it's like you're fall it's like you're flying and it's really cool navigating the city in that way um uh, it's just it's just a really fun game to explore and to move around in and the combat is really great i i just absolutely adore that game i think it's really really cool um 
Brent was asking me if he should play it on Vita because you guys Vita is excited to play Vita games, but I really think it's worth playing on a PlayStation 4. And the Ooh. reason is it has for a PlayStation 4 games, it has really good haptics. So like when you're for example, like one of the moves you can make is you can do a gravity slide, which is where you just kind of like propel yourself forward really fast when you're kind of sliding and kind of turning back and forth to move, and you can feel the rumbling in your controller. PS4 had a really powerful vibration sensor that wasn't very nuanced or intricate, so I can see how that might have been overwhelming on a PS4, but on a PS5, where it's a much subtler effect, and when the most intense version of the rumble isn't this, like, dominating experience that's kind of too overwhelming, it's it's just, it's just tuned right, it feels fantastic. And it's, I would say, probably one of the better PS4 games that utilize haptics without actually integrating the haptics if that makes any sense like just their <laughs> yeah. backwards compatibility haptics works really well and i highly recommend playing it that way really like it i highly recommend that game as an update Brent oh says Brent that he did actually play it on ps4 yeah it's awesome i love that game it's really good and uh that's what i play this week you know what makes that game probably good i mean i'm wary of it of course because of the introduction of a cat but you're also a person named Cat. So Cat times Cat, negative times a negative makes a positive. They cancel each other out. So it's probably mm-hmm. a good game. It's a really good game, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of good games, we might have one in development. Let's move on to our quest log, starting with our Microsoft quest log today. In Exile Entertainment hints at FPS RPG for Xbox, says Cat Bailey at IGN. Xbox just tweeted a question that says, hey, what kind of game should I play next? And In Exile responded, pulled, pulled? New yeah, plus FPS plus RPG. I don't know. Kids these days. New yeah. plus FPS plus RPG. This was the um, one of many, if this is true, it's been rumored that that's kind of what they're working on is some kind of first person RPG game. If this is true, this will be one of many, many, many first-person RPGs in development on Xbox First Party Studios. Because we have this game. We have Bethesda's upcoming Elder Scrolls game. We have um, Obsidian's game, uh, Adored? Awoken? Uh, it's Avowed. 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 That's it. We have that game coming up as well. So Xbox seems to be getting really into these RPGs, these FPS RPGs. I think it makes total sense for them. You think so? Yeah. They they need to distinguish their lineup of games from Sony's lineup, from Nintendo's lineup. They can't just replicate exactly what they're doing. And obviously, like, Sony has Horizon Zero Dawn, which is RPG-esque. Um, but they don't – there's not a lot of first-party games that are, like, pure RPGs. And I can't think it of any, works with, F- like, first-person. Yeah, yeah. It's a really popular game genre, and it is totally compatible with Game Pass. What kind of games will get people to subscribe every single month? It's a game that you spend a lot of time in, like a first-person RPG. How many hours have people put into Skyrim, into Fallouts, and all those? I, in my brain, I saw FPS RPG, and I thought first-person RPG, like Elder Scrolls. But I've totally ignored the S. It's a shooter, first-person shooter RPG. I was like, oh, that changes mm-hmm. things a lot. That's more like Fallout, which is probably also in development over at Xbox. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, now that opens up a whole whole new set of opportunities out there. But yeah, can you 
Uh, think of first person. What first person Sony first party games are there? I can't think of literally any right now. Killzone. I mean, that's like, not an RPG. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's a first person shooter. That game is dead as um, dead can get. Resistance. That's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. They are all third person yeah. games. Yeah, that's like that's their thing. They're third person story based games. With that's why those are my favorite types of games. Yeah, that's why I like Sony. One eighteen YT in the chat says, "I'd buy a Series X for an FPS RPG." No, you wouldn't. You don't even know if it's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way you'd buy a Series X for that. Get out of here, Siri. Um, Dope. Let's move on to our Sony quest log. That was a very short Microsoft quest log. We're moving on to Sony, where we're going to talk a little bit more about whatever our next generation of PSVR looks like. Rachel Kasser at GameRank says, next-gen PSVR might have 4K vibration feature. And that's a really weird title, and you might think, what? 4K vibrating? No. Uh, 4K and also a vibration haptic feature as well. So there are some new things coming out uh, about the hardware. First is that it's rumored to have a 4K display with 2K per eye, which is a big upgrade from the 1080p screen that we see in the regular PSVR right now. Um, there's going to be the opportunity to separate the lenses. There's going to be a dial to kind of make sure that they are placed in front of your eyes correctly. There's going to be an increase in fidelity thanks to foveated rendering, which is really cool. If you're unfamiliar with this, like probably everyone is, it means that they're able to track your eyes and where you're looking and make sure that that's really sharp and rendered well. And anything in your peripheral vision, they don't have to work as hard and they can make it look crappier because you're literally not looking at it. So it doesn't matter. Just like Uh, real life. Just like real life. Everyone's like, what resolution do human eyes see at? And I'm like, well, it doesn't work that way. You see things really sharp in one pinpoint spot, and everything else is a blurry fucking mess. Um, And then the other thing, this is where the vibration feature comes in. This is not 4K vibration, but this is a vibration feature. It's rumored to have in-headset haptic feedback. So you might be feeling things shake or tap or electrocute you (laughs) in your skull (laughs) in addition to the controllers on your hands. Holden, I know you're already at least... 46% 46% erect at the idea of a PlayStation 2 because you want a VR headset with good game support. Um, or does this do anything else for you? Um, a lot of this is what I would expect from a next-generation headset. Obviously, they had to bump up the revolution. 4K is in line with the current standards, I'd say. Um, Foveated rendering, that makes sense to come back. This is the surprise, though. I'm... I was wary of DualSense and how effective that would be, but I'm kind of wary about my vibrations right at my face like that. Like, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that exactly. In the controllers, all for it. Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still going to get one. This isn't going to prevent me from getting one, but it's it, that could be really cool. It could also be really obnoxious. Especially if you have glasses and like it's causing a vibration through my glasses or something like that. Like I that might get there annoying. There wouldn't be anything that would shake the screens in front of you. It would have to be something on the yeah. headband itself. Yeah. But they could do or, some interesting effects with like you're walking into the wind and you can kind of feel it like brushing past you. Right, like, right. They could do like some cool stuff breathing there. down your neck and they spit water out of the headband on your neck. <laughs> you have to hook <laughs> this up to a water hose. dispenser. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
I'm really obviously PSVR. I freaking love it. Still use it every week. Uh, really, really excited. Um, that's all I have to say because all of this is just specs, and I'm excited to actually see it in in. I'm excited for the benefits that the features will provide me. We've got one more Sony Quest log story. Housemark, the developer of Returnal and uh, other games, uh, searching for a Returnal autosave solution, but it's not easy, says Cat Bailey at IGN. One of the biggest criticisms of the Returnal amazing PS5 game is that um, there's no autosaving. And not... We talked about this a little bit last week uh, with Brent and Andrew. And it's not a, hey, I just wish I could save so that when I die I can reload my save point. It's more of like a, this run takes me two to three hours and I can't sit in front of my PlayStation that long or I'd like to watch something else or play another game with a friend in between and come back and pick up where I left off. Um, so Returnal Dev Housemark has kind of discussed that they would like to add this system into it. They are, they've heard everyone and they're like, cool, we want to appease you. But also, like, we, we don't really know how to do it yet or how we might implement mm. it. So here's a quote from them. It says, currently, we just don't know what the solution is. So it's very difficult to announce anything because I think there's a lot of different people looking for different things. Uh, and then a dev of another roguelite game, Spelunky. I also, I don't, what's the difference between roguelike and roguelite? I don't know. I'll never know. And if you tell me, I won't listen. Spelunky dev Derek Yu says, quote, I often see players exclaim how easy it is to add something, especially if other games have it. But every team and game has different priorities and nothing is as trivial as it seems from the outside. So great that they're looking into it. It doesn't look like it's something that's going to come soon. So if you want to enjoy Returnal, you better just get used to how it is right now. And I highly suggest you get used to how it is right now because it is a fantastic game. And I cannot wait now that Resident Evil Village is done to get back to it. Uh, yeah, this is calling out me specifically. This article is written because of what I said last week, which was, <laughs> it's a save system. They should just be able to add it. It's not that hard. Every game has a save system. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, it's interesting because... I would have assumed, and I was obviously wrong, if they wanted to implement it, they would have just implemented it immediately if it was easy. I don't think they would be taking their time just to fuck with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's interesting. I'm very curious what it is about their system that makes it you know, harder to save. Um, and yet that's really interesting. But even though this was kind of a hindrance on me wanting to continue Returnal, even though I absolutely love that game, um, it's I wouldn't have demanded that they do it. But now that I know that they are, I'm not going to play this until there's some sort of announcement that they will or will not add it. I'd rather wait, have the save, because it does kind of get in the way. Where there was a game night where I was killing it, I was in the fifth biome, and I had such a good run going, and I'm like, I had just this anxiety of, oh, I'm going to have to end this in 10 minutes. I can't beat the game in 10 minutes anyway, so this is just a wasted time to like keep investing it's wasted time to keep investing in it returnal would have benefited so much from xbox's quick resume feature like this is what quick resume was kind of designed for is all right let me put that on hold for a second so i can come back exactly where i was and then go back um does quick resume work now i know there was a lot at launch like it was unstable didn't work with a lot of games but it's up and running and good now from everything i know yeah it's working well yeah dope 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 Nintendo Quest Log. Uh, one story here as well. Kind of a little light news week this week. 
There's a rumor out there with a U because it's from Nintendo Life. Rumor. The next Donkey Kong is being developed by the Super Mario Odyssey team, says Damien McFerrin at Nintendo Life. So the rumor is they've been working on it for a few years, since 2017-ish, 18-ish, and that it is not going to be a country game, a Donkey Kong country, like Tropical Freeze, Returns, 1, 2, 3, the Game Boy versions of 1, 2, and 3, the Game Boy Color SNES remakes of 1, 2, and 3. It will be a Donkey Kong game. This immediately makes me think 3D platformer, Donkey Kong 64 sequel. Maybe I'm not interested. Who knows? Uh, It's possible that we'll see it before E3 with a release date later on this year as well, according to the article. Um, And some sources are kind of mixed. They're hazy on whether it's going to be a 2D game or 3D game or a 2.5D game or something where you go back and forth, maybe like a Sonic game, Uh, one of the more recent Sonic games where you play some first person, play some, not first person, but 3D and then play some 2D segments, but... But just about everyone agrees that it is still a platformer game. Uh, just keeping with Donkey Kong's history. Holden, I'm of two minds on this. One, I'm really excited that Donkey Kong's getting some actual genuine love still. Because I was worried with the Tropical Freeze remake and then nothing out there. It was like, it, is Donkey Kong kind of done in its current form? Are we just going to now go to the GameCube era of Donkey Konga and a bunch of Jungle Beat and stupid shit? Um, so I'm, I'm happy that there's a chance that my boy still lives on, but two, I'm a little bit disappointed that the Super Mario Odyssey team is not working on a sequel or DLC or that mm-hmm. there's nothing going to be left in that Odyssey universe because I don't imagine they're going to take such a successful game and franchise as Super Mario Odyssey and say, cool, we'll give the sequel to another studio while you do Donkey Kong. Yeah, I think you're right. That's a bummer. Yeah. But maybe they'll make something amazing and fantastic. Uh, another yeah. team will do a Super Mario thing. And it's going to be great, and I won't even care. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's interesting for sure. I think they've been working on it since 2017. I think it's possible we could see it by the end of this year. And that's possible. There's going to be a big old stink when they come out and say, Donkey Kong, whatever, coming later this fall. And everyone's going to be like, where the hell is Metroid? Where the hell is Bayonetta? Where the hell is Breath of the Wild 2? Where the hell is Pikmin 4? Where the hell is all the things that you've been working on and talking about? And then now this thing out of nowhere is like, cool, this thing's done, y'all. Like, fucking work on the games you've already announced. <laughs> yeah, like, are they doing this because there's a really unique idea they had for Donkey Kong and, and that team specifically wanted to do it? Or is it just like, well, Retro can't make it, so I guess we'll just, we want to release a Donkey Kong at some point in the Switch's life cycle, so... You guys aren't doing anything. You just finished Odyssey. We work on this. Like, is it? Did it come down to just a, a business decision, or is that they actually like that team? Is it um, EFD or something like that? That they that they had EPD, I think maybe that they had some sort of idea. I don't know, but it'd be interesting to see if it does come out this year. Two um, D is, is interesting. This is 2D what is I imagine sure it, well. it looked like. They finish up Odyssey, and someone says, "Hey." What are we gonna do? We're gonna do DLC for this game? And like, no, 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 no. One guy just stands up in the in the corner of the room. They didn't even know he was there. Walks out of a shadow. You see his face kind of come into the light, and he says, "Guys, you know who else wears a hat? Diddy Kong. What if we just swap out the enemies in Mario Odyssey for Donkey Kong enemies, and Diddy Kong throws his hat? Boom! Brand new Donkey Kong game. Let's take four years to make it." <laughs> <laughs> What, what that would work with is this confusion if it's 2D or 3D, because Super Mario Odyssey has a lot of 2D elements in it. Some damn awesome 2D elements, too. 
Yeah, maybe they're gonna do something like that, which would be really cool. I'd be all I'd be all for that. I loved that transition between two D and three D and kind of how they played out. I'd love that. Yeah. It'd be cool. Hopefully, yeah, we'll, we'll see more here more soon. Hopefully, um, circling our discussion back to VR a little bit with our third party quest log, HTC reveals Vive Pro Two with five K display for sale on June fourth. Rachel Casser at GameRank says. Um, Holden, you just said 4K seems to be the industry standard. Boom. Take that, throw it out the window, stomp on it, write a letter home to its parents saying it's never coming home. You should have raised it better because 5K <laughs> is the new standard <laughs> with 2.5K per eye, 120 hertz refresh rate. They've got adjustable straps and lens distance, just like we were talking about, 120 degree field of view. Um, integrated headphones with high-resolution 3D audio and comes in at 800 bucks. What are your... I'm going to say right now, 5K display with 2.5K per eye. I think we might be starting to push into that territory where it's like, that's too much. It's diminishing returns. It's like seeing smartphones that are like four inches screens with 4K. It's like fucking nobody's <laughs> yeah. going to take advantage of that. It's a waste of energy. I'm, I feel like we're starting to get there with 2.5K per eye right in front of your iris. But everything else here seems like, oh, yeah, th- those are just like quality life upgrades. 120 hertz, excellent, awesome. Integrated headphones, dope, sure, if they fit your ears well, but. You can also get um, third-party headphones. You can, like, remove them if you want to. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that was one of the things about the the PlayStation VR, like, redesign. They they have headphones that, like, little earbuds that plug in, and then they, like, stay on the headset, too, and they have little holsters for them. But they didn't fit my ears. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, there was one of those that, like, I put them in, and then I turn my head, and they fall out. It's like, fuck my little legs. <laughs> to me, it's nice to see that companies still want to invest in high quality VR headsets. It's only a good thing for for VR going for uh, forward. $800 does show that it is a a hobbyist market. It is yeah. not a mainstream thing. Um but that I think it's just going to take a while before this becomes mainstream. Maybe PlayStation VR 2 will change that, who knows. But um it's definitely it seems like a really great headset for sure. Like, I think it's it's a it's a really good um, update, um, especially. I mean, the five K display. Like, I think yeah, there's gonna be a point of diminishing returns. I'm curious though because the Oculus Go had 1440p per eye, I think, and at that point, it unless you're looking at text, I wasn't getting a lot of screen door effect, but text still had the screen door effect, just because of how small the characters are and how many pixels it takes to make. A specific character. I don't know. I, I would want to see 5K because I can see maybe you still see some stuff. I don't know, but I think you're right. I think 2K is probably enough. We'll see yeah. soon enough if people get their hands on this. What I am excited, similar to what you you just mentioned, like companies still supporting high end VR it, with Oculus and Facebook killing off the Rift S. And just focusing on mobile VR, it's nice to see that people are thinking about what is what is the premium version of all of these headsets look like coming from HTC and Steam uh, and Valve, who are basically the two forerunners in that market. I mean, I just learned not too long ago that there are actually like 30, 40 different major manufacturers of different VR headsets, but like 
none of them fucking matter at all. And I'm sure they've sold like 13 of them. <laughs> but yeah, HCC and Valve now with the two forerunners there. How does this how does this compare with the Quest 2? I feel like the Quest 2 has one 4K display, right? Uh, I'm so unfamiliar with the or specs in that product, honestly. Yeah. But the field of view is not nearly that high. I know that. The refresh rate, I'm pretty sure, is 90 hertz or sub-90 hertz. They actually um, just unlocked up to 120 via firmware. Did they? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. Um, one thing I have a question on is a lot of these specs aren't that far off from what we know about a PSVR 2. Yeah. And this is $800. Yeah, but what they're also PSVR not too go? far off from the Oculus Quest 2, I think. And there's a $500 price difference between these two machines. Like, it is Quest 2. Actually, no, Quest 2, isn't it 200 bucks or is it 300 bucks? It's 400 No. Because it's cheaper than oh, the original. Oh, you're right. There's the new Quest. It's 300 You're right. It's 300 and 400 yeah. The original Quest was 400 but the yeah, new so one is 300 Yeah. Yeah, for that to come in at two ninety nine and be a a slightly less, I feel like that's an appropriate word, slightly less um, capable model that will still work with all of the same things on your PC, like with Oculus Link and now wireless Oculus Link too. Yeah, I'm curious how it compares because it's actually kind of tough because this has the high resolution, this has like the adjustable straps, has a much more advanced strap system, it has the built-in audio with the with the headphones on it, um, but even though the, the the Quest 2 doesn't have adjustable lenses, it doesn't have a super advanced strap, it does have kind of crappy built-in audio, but it also has a computer chip and a computer system built into it at the same time. So like there's some areas where it's more sophisticated, some areas where it's less sophisticated. Yeah, I'm curious how that balances out, or is just Facebook taking such a huge loss on it? Um, uh, so I pulled up the specs yeah. of it, of the Quest 2, and mm -hmm. it has a resolution of 1832 by 1920. So still doesn't come close, I, I don't think, to the 5K. Uh, I don't know the exact... No, that's... On that one, though, but, there's, that's um, like double the resolution uh, on the HTC Vive Pro yeah. 2. And it, ha it does have adjustable um, lens distances, but it has three specific points. 58, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I'm sure build quality has a lot to go. It does have like integrated speakers, but if you've ever used an Oculus headset, they're like actual speakers, not headphones. Yeah. All right. Dope, dope, dope. One last thing for the third-party quest log. Only 26% of EA revenue came from premium game sales last year, says Chandler Wood and at PlayStation Lifestyle. Um, this was a little bit of a shocking number. We talked a couple weeks ago about how EA wants more and more to drive microtransactions, and they use FIFA as like the gold standard in their catalog of how to do that. But to, to know that a quarter of their revenue comes from actually selling AAA games, and the rest of it comes from mobile, DLC, Apex Legends, that, those like live services type things, like skins, that I understand. I get it now. Like, if, if three quarters of all of the money that I make comes from that kind of shit, of course I'd be like, how do we do more of that shit? Yeah. Um, that was shocking to me. It definitely puts that whole thing from a few weeks ago in perspective. Yep. 
But yeah, what, it was, you might not like. We were talking it, about it was but... that pre- an internal presentation that leaked, and we we're like, well, it could just be you know a guy who's like, I'm gonna put myself in front of this boss and say, look at me, this is my opportunity, this is my shot. But like, no, I 100% guarantee there are so many executives at EA saying, how do we make more of this? How do we, how do we lean into the Apex yeah. model? And, and it doesn't even have to be malicious. It just could be like, oh, it seems like this is what our player base wants. So how can we make sure we're offering things that people clearly want? Um, yeah. Kind of can't blame them. I right. get it. Right? Free to play is the future, yeah. man. Or live services. Uh, let's wrap up our fetch quests here. We've got four fetch quests. These are the quests that are just small little headlines that we think are worth bringing up. Resident Evil Village has shipped over 3 million units globally, says Adam Bankhurst at IGN. And a little extra context, I saw today, maybe from the official Resident Evil account, I can't remember where I saw it, but it is officially the fastest selling in the franchise ever. So dope. Way to go, Resident Evil Village. Uh, Battlefield 6 confirmed to be cross-gen at release, says Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. That's going to hold you back. Yeah, I thought there was some rumor that it was going to be next-gen only, so I was pretty certain that's what was going to happen. Yeah. What it's were not... we talking about last week that's like... Call of Duty. Oh, that's right. It was Call of Duty. It was like, oh, it's going to have next-gen yeah. feature, or it's going to be designed around next-gen. It's like coming out in five months. Um, there's a new colorway, two new colorways, red and black, for PS5 DualSense controller. Uh, says Joe Scribbles at IGN. Cosmic Red and Midnight Black are coming out June 11th in just a handful of weeks. Quite honestly, I'm not super into either one of these colors. Same. The the black one, the midnight black, I was digging a little bit until I saw a close up image of it and the part the part on the PS5 controller that's now black on that one is like a dark bluish gray. And I'm like, oh God. Ugh. I don't want that paired with black. I want black <laughs> on black. Um and then the cosmic red is it's like a little bit leans into the berry red, like a little bluish hue to it. And I'm like, not into it. Give me that Kratos yeah, scar on my face red. That's what I want. <laughs> you didn't really speak to me. And I also just really like the PS5 controller design right now. Yeah, me too. It's just a good I design. I like getting, it. I, so I love my PS5 controllers as is. I love the white and black aesthetic. I love the console as is. I think it's gorgeous. But I thought about having just the white and black ones on my, like, as my home controllers. And then maybe I'll pick up a black one or a red one as my on-the-go remote play version of it that mm-hmm. I in my bag all the time. But I don't think I'm going to get either one of those colors. But I'm excited that they are experimenting with colors because hopefully that means that we'll have a God of War version of it coming out when God of War comes out. Mm. And then finally, we've talked about Remedy a little bit today. Remedy now has six games in the works, says Alex Calvin at PC Games Insider. This is hilarious to me. This is a studio that has done Alan Wake. They've done, um, fuck, what's the Iceman game? With Iceman, Lance Reddick, Quantum Break. I don't Break. know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they did those two games, and they did Control. And they're like, people really love the last game we made. Let's make six games at once now. And it's like, what? How do you have enough people and resources for six games when you were like struggling with your last three but i'm excited because i really really loved control and i'm 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 in on whatever they've got coming next even if it is an alan wake property and i hate that game (laughs) 
At a one in six chance. (laughs) (laughs) And that means it is uh, time for our fetch quest to end and time for Game on Game Show. The game on our game show. We play a game called Game on the Game Show on our game show. Game, 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 game. Whoop. Didn't mean to do that with your video. Um, Holden, we've got a returning segment. This will be the second time that we've played this game. We're going to play GameStop Blackjack again today. Oh, this is <laughs> This is the game where uh, we each get to pick three games. We had four previously. I'm going to limit it to three this time. We pick three games that might be tradable at GameStop. And we have to find out their value on GameStop's website. And we are trying to get to $21 or less. It's, it's blackjack rules. Get to $21. Whoever's closest to $21 without going over wins. That's the game. That's the tweet. We're going to do probably two rounds. If it goes really quick, we might do a third, but probably just two rounds. So, Holden, uh, since you are the guest on this game and I'm the host on this game, I'm going to let you start this one and then we'll flip-flop on the second round. Holden, I need you to pick three games that we can look up their values on GameStop.com that might come to $21 or less combined. Gotcha. So, um, Pokemon Heart Gold. No, I'm totally kidding. Don't do that one. It's already <laughs> over 21, probably. Um, no, a trade. Right. It, they will pay you four dollars for that game, but they will sell it for forty nine dollars. <laughs> it sells for more than it was new. It's crazy to me. Um, hmm. Okay. I'm gonna say. I don't even remember what I picked last time, so I'm not sure if I'm gonna pick the same games. Let's start with Kingdom Hearts 2.8, that one, like the Remix 2.8 one. 2.8 Remix, what platform? Uh, PS4. PS4, okay. What's your second game? Second game is going to be Super Bomberman R on the Nintendo Switch. Whoa, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that game is still in the spreadsheet from when you picked it last time as well. <laughs> oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. But the value might have changed over time too, so who knows? Yeah. Um, I was like, well, we're going to go for a deep cut on this one. <laughs> in fact, it, it, as I started typing super, it was like, do you want to type super Bomber, Bomberman R? Because he already got it in the cell below. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> and then for the last one... Um... <laughs> I'm gonna pick a game that's probably not gonna do well. Uh, I'm gonna pick a Recore. Recore. Whoa. Deep cut. People thought that was gonna be such a good game. Recore on Xbox. I did. From the oh, I, of that was. Mega Man. I'm like, ooh, I might get an Xbox for Recore, and then nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's what I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick. Mass Effect 3 on Xbox 360. And then um, we're going to do Knack 2 on PS4. And um, I want to pull something like deep, something real deep. They probably wouldn't. 
I mean, maybe like there was an infamous collection on PS3, but they probably wouldn't still offer trade-in value for that. Because you almost can't even fucking play that game anymore. Um, I will pull out of my little tiny butt Zack and Wiki on Wii. <laughs> Never even heard of that. It was a game that Colin Moriarty was championing for a while. It was like a Wii game. It was like one of the first and only good quality Wii games, but it was all puzzles and shit. And I always, whenever I think of Zack and Wiki, I always think of Zack and Miri make a porno, and then it's like, nope, very different, <laughs> very different thing. Zack and Miri make a porno, the video game. <laughs> <laughs> for kids on Wii. Uh, we've got Waggle integrated. Okay, hold it. It's even 10 plus, not for all kids. <laughs> So Kingdom Hearts 2.8. So you want specifically 2.8, right? Yes. Okay, so that one's called Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. <laughs> uh, we are doing store credit on these. We, we're always doing store credit. The ooh, the question is, do we do regular value or pro member value? I forgot whether. Are you a pro member? I'm not a pro member. Neither am I. Okay, we're doing regular value. You would get $2 in store credit for Kingdom Hearts. Okay. Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue. All right, $2. Looking up Super Bomberman R. Now, I'm going to tell you, because it was already in the spreadsheet before, last time we played it was $11. Okay. Let's see what it is now. 17. (laughs) I hit the wrong freaking search bar. Okay. Super Bomberman R. Jesus, Coca-Cola Christ. It is gone down a dollar. It is $10 now, okay? So you're at $12. You're not over. I can see Recore being a $9 game or something like that. I can see that. I wish there was a better way on this site to just, like... Stop making me search for the game and let me just find it. We should, like, if we were in their opening hours, we would, like, call and be like, I need to check on the price. (laughs) (laughs) Just call them up. Trade-in value for ReCore is $2. Really? All right. You've come to $14. So I have to get more than $14 but less than $21 with my three games. $14 is not good. Uh, I can I can almost guarantee you every single time that we played last time we like went way over. That's right. Yeah. F. Still, forty is not good though. They don't have Mass Effect three. The only Mass Effect games that they effect, they offer trade in value for are Legendary Edition, which just came out, and the Mass Effect trilogy on PS three. Mass Effect trilogy gives five dollars in store credit. Knack 2 is up. Here we go. Two cents. I hope it's two cents. <laughs> Watch this be like $30. $4. Whoa, Holden. Oh, all Zach right. This is Wiki. close. Zach and Wiki's not even going to be fucking on this thing. Zach and Wiki. Nope. What if I just type Zach Wiki? No, it's like we don't even know what the fucking game is. About. <laughs> Just type in that game Colin Moriarty talked about in the early years of the Wii. See if it pops up. Um, it's <laughs> well. Here's the thing. So I did find the game on their website. You can purchase it pre-owned for four dollars and ninety-nine cents. 
and then I hit trade value, and it is one cent. Okay. <laughs> right, Way overshot with my two cents for you won two. Round and one. You got fourteen dollars. I got nine dollars and one cent. <laughs> All right, round one cent's two. hilarious. Can you imagine going to a store and being like, "I want to sell this back for what?" I just hold on to it and burn it outside or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, trade in values. Trade in values. I'm gonna say Halo Reach. No, I'm not going to do a Halo game. I'm not going to do a Halo game. Here we go. Mario Kart Wii. I'm going to put in there. I'm going to do... Um... <gasps> this is how we did it that last time. Let's do it this time, this way as well. I pick a game, you pick a game. I pick a game, you pick a game. And we go back. Oh, then we kind of work up and we kind of know what we're at? No, no, no. It's just the way we pick games. Oh, okay. So what's your first game? Mine's Mario Kart Wii. What's your first one? Okay. This, the Nintendo games are dangerous. I know. They're either they're a trillion dollars or they're not in there. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to pick um, Breath of the Wild. I'm kidding. Don't do that because that <laughs> probably is worth a lot. Um, I'm going to pick Tearaway on PS4. Oh, Tearaway Unfolded. Yeah. PS4. I'm going to pick Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D for 3DS. Hmm. All right. What's your second game? Second game. I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to I'm, I'm have a theme for this one. All PlayStation 4 games. So I'm going to say Killzone Shadowfall. Killzone Shadowfall. All right. My final game will be... Mm, I wanted to pick Mario Tennis Aces, but you know that shit still goes for a trillion dollars. Um, why, Nintendo? Why? <laughs> okay. Hey, I'm thanks, Roop. With... What's up? What's up? Thank you. I love your show. Is it Roop? Am I pronouncing that right? Roop Goldberg <laughs> machine. <laughs> um, Dark Souls 2 remaster. There was a remaster of that one, right? Oh, yeah. Like a scholar of the original sin scholar or something like that. Whatever, whatever that means. Scholar. All right. GameStop Blackjack. Here we go. Scholar PS4. Boom. What's your last game, Holden? Um... Roop, we will totally answer your question. We're just going to finish up the game real quick here, and we'll absolutely get to that right after. Drop it in chat. Go for it. Um, last game. Okay. Got to take the PS4 games. I set my up, set myself up for that. And I'm going to say Order 1886. Whoa. Order 1886. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is probably going to be a mess. All right. My first game, trade in value. For Mario Kart Wii. Watch this be like 60 bucks. Trade value, game only. How much do you think this game is worth? It's Mario Kart Wii, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be high. I'm thinking, like, is it is it over 20 bucks? It still gets 20 bucks at GameStop. <laughs> so your next games have to be... Just like Zach Murray game, whatever it's How called. How much do you think Mario Kart 8 Wii U goes for? 
Oh, probably less than that. $8. <laughs> Mario Kart Wii was the shit. That was a great version of Mario Kart. What about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe? What is that? I bet that value is like, we will pay more money for it than you paid for the game. It's 27 bucks. Okay. That's cray-cray. Okay. Donkey Kong Country returns... Six dollars. All right, I'm dead already. But I'm as still soon curious. as Mario Kart Wii was, there was no way the other Nintendo games yeah, were going to be unless they were less than one percent. Dis- <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls Two. Scholar of the first. You sold Mario Kart for a pack of cigarettes. Wrong choice. <laughs> Eight dollars for Dark Souls Two. I busted at thirty-four. All right, Holden. Let's look yours up. Tearaway Unfolded for PS4. Let's see. Click the search bar, you silly, silly girl. There we go. Nope. This might be the end of the game if the search bar doesn't work anymore. Actually, clarifying question, Roop. Which Mario Kart did you sell for a pack of cigarettes? Oh. It actually might have been worth it. If it was like Mario Kart on the SNES or the 64, 64 would be a hot take there, but I don't like that version of Mario Kart. <laughs> That's worth a pack of cigarettes. All right, hold and tear away unfolded. $3. Ooh. There's no way I'm gonna win. I'm you're gonna be way under on this. Killzone Shadowfall. I don't. Yeah, Mario Kart Wii with a $2. wheel. dollars. I think. Uh, I think you should have done like a carton of cigarettes at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, Order eighteen eighty six. What was the other one? Uh, Two dollars for Killzone Shadowfall. Three dollars okay. for Order eighteen eighty six. Bringing your total to eight dollars, you won with eight dollars at GameStop. Black <laughs> it's just still Jack. a horrible, <laughs> <laughs> even worse than my first one. All right, oh, that's a fun game. I always like that game. That is a fun game. I think we'll wrap that one up. Yeah, that brings Roop, us no, to the end of Roop our show. Ask a question. Yeah, Roop, put your put your question in the chat. We'll happily answer it. And and while you're doing that, we will remind everyone of a couple of things. One. Patreon.com slash Fire exists. For only $1, you get dope wallpapers, influence what we play with our backlog accomplishment with Respawn and Friends games, play with us on game nights every single week, uh, but you also get the opportunity to give us your feedback on all of that. Now that we've been a, a Patreon-producing entity for two years. Uh, so check out Patreon.com for that survey. You can also go play Red Dead Redemption 2, which is our barf game for the next uh, six weeks until the end of June. So make sure that you start that early. Me. Start it now. Keep an eye out for our upcoming Resident Evil Village spoiler chat this week. Our Mass Effect show, where we're going to be detailing that over several weeks, is coming up very, very soon as well. And then we finally get to... <laughs> not Roop's um, question and not no, a, a very very good question. question why does my dad enjoy kissing me on the mouth is is the question in our chat right now that actually reminds me of have you ever listened to the podcast my brother my brother and me no their sign off they do they copied it. it from us they do a sign off at the end of the podcast but their <laughs> their their line at the end of the podcast is remember kiss your dad directly on the lips <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Y'all are not living unless you're in this chat. Twitch.tv slash Affable Idiots every Thursday, every Sunday. What day of the week is it right now? Every Sunday, 8.30-ish Eastern time. I would recommend contacting Child Protective Services and uh, <laughs> having a social worker assess the situation. I think that's the uh, the best move. All right. Rube, go ahead and drop that in there or send it over to us on Twitter or something like that, uh, and we'll answer it next time. We've got to wrap up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. That's been episode 211. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. Kiss your dad directly on the lips. That's us. We came up with that right now. It's totally original.